On today's episode, our all-Asian panel reviews Infernal Affairs and discusses real-world examples of when lies become the truth. What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to Rice Asian Movies Podcast, where we where um, each week we review an Asian-led film through the lens of representation and debate a cultural topic plucked from the movie's themes. Um, our podcast is part of the amazing Sonar Network, so check them out at thesonarnetwork.com. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians, and on our panel today, I've got my co-host, Veronica Antipolo. Hello. <laughs> and Leonard Chan. Hey. Okay, so before we jump into the movie, and I'm very excited for this movie review, it was known as the movie that saved Hong Kong cinema, um, so I'm very excited for this movie. But before we jump in, uh, let's go to Veronica first, and what was the most memorable part of your week? Um, this, what was this week? I feel like I'm forgetting the days. Um, <laughs> it is Sunday today. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what week it is. What year are we in? Uh, what what happened? So the Fresh Rice um, premiere went out on Tuesday, if mine. And then, um, let me see. I, I yeah. emailed uh, some responses for an interview that we should see soon with CBC Comedy. And uh, what else? I yeah. sat outside in the park. <laughs> Well, and which which one of those was the most memorable? Um, it, it was the fresh rice. That's the correct answer. No, the fresh <laughs> rice. The fresh rice premiere was the most memorable. It was just um, I didn't think I was gonna feel excitement when I, like watching it come out because it was over a year ago, but I actually was nervous again. Yeah, so for for listeners who don't know, um, right before the pandemic in uh, January 2020, we we recorded um, a web series called Fresh Rice at CBC Glenn Gould Studio. It's been in post production for about 18 months now because. I don't know. It, it it just has been. It was a pandemic. Yeah, it was a pandemic. It didn't feel like the right time to uh, to release it, so we released it this year. And so Veronica got to relive her performance, and we did like a live Q and A and watch party. So yeah, I was that was that was pretty exciting. Your your um, your premiere had over seventy concurrent viewers. Um, and uh, really took off from there. So, well, yeah, I, had, I had some. Um, I had a former boss watching and my daughter's <laughs> babysitter, ex babysitter. I was like, okay. Oh, there you go. There you I... go. <laughs> well, it was great reliving that with you, and a little bit surreal because you know, obviously, that was like our last major performance, and there was an actual mm. crowd in the audience. So it's it sort of like uh reliving the before times um let's head on over to uh to leonard chan what was the most memorable part of your week um man i don't know like i don't know what i'm doing anymore <laughs> from week to week <laughs> oh lord um yeah no 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 i think uh I mean, people may have read about this in the news. The cryptocurrency markets had a meltdown, so that was mm. a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I got a call uh, real early in the morning from somebody else saying, hey, man, you better make sure you don't get liquidated. I was like, what? Ah! <laughs> so that was a great way to start my day. Um, yeah. So, you know, so that's that's been uh, that's been a thing that's been occupying my attention this week. Um, but uh, yeah, I got to get back to writing. Mm. <laughs> that's really what it is. I thought of a new idea for a show. Uh I don't know why I brought it up because I'm not going to say what the idea is right now because I'm still working on it. But I'm excited about it. I'll tell you guys what it is afterwards. Uh. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Teasing teasing the future so people have to tune in for future episodes. That is amazing. Right. That is amazing. Um, I, I, I won't give a most memorable thing because my most memorable thing probably was watching Veronica's episodes. So I'll, I'll leave it at that because that was, that was super fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will, uh, I will make, I'll, I'll make an, an announcement. We'll keep announcing this uh, going forward, but very soon after Asian Heritage Month, we are expanding the scope of this podcast. So instead of uh, just Asian movies, we're going to be covering minority-led films, including LGBTQ um, movies, Asian movies, um, and we'll be reviewing each movie with a panel of people from that minority group. And so the podcast will change its name to You Better Represent. Um, and yeah, so just giving all our loyal listeners that little bit of a heads up it just gives us a little bit more room to grow as far as um as far as what movies we cover um and so we'll do all new branding and stuff like that okay so let's jump into our movie of the week and this week's movie is infernal affairs uh also known originally and i'm gonna butcher this because i do not know cantonese there's part of my family that's mandarin but i do not know cantonese um the original title was mugon do and this title actually refers to the avici realm of hell in buddhism which is a continuous hell filled with suffering. Um, so definitely got translated differently as Infernal Affairs, which actually is also a very good title in itself. But, you know, the original title definitely reinforced um, the themes. Now, this movie is a famous is famously called the movie that saved Hong Kong cinema. It was released during SARS and shortly after after uh, the handoff of of um, of uh, Hong Kong uh, to China from from Britain, and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the top filmmakers had uh, left for Hollywood. Um, uh, like like John Woo um, right before the British handoff. So uh, Hong Kong cinema was sort of, you know, um, reeling a little bit. And then, of course, SARS just didn't help anything at all. Um, and this was a movie that kind of brought everything back. The themes really resonated, I guess, because people felt like they were living in a continuous hell. <laughs> um, and so this, uh, oh, I should do the, the synopsis. So uh, this movie is a story between a mole in the police department and an undercover cop. Their objectives are the same, to find out who is the mole and who is the cop. Uh, this movie stars Andy Lau and uh, Tony Leung, who, of course, will be starring very shortly in Shang-Chi. It is directed by Andrew Lau, who is a different person than Andy Lau. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, yeah, they, uh, he, yeah, it's not like Andy Lau just uses um, Andrew for his directorial um, titles. Uh, they are actually two separate people. They look very different. Um, I double-checked. Uh, and Alan Mack. 
and uh, it was written by Alan Mack and Felix Chong. Um, this movie was also famously adapted by Morn, uh, Morton by uh, by Martin Scorsese uh, into the Hollywood movie The Departed, which of course won a lot of Oscars. And now I will say for this review. We'll save the comparisons to The Departed for the very end because I definitely have my thoughts about that and how Martin Scorsese didn't even bother to uh, to thank Infernal Affairs when he was getting his Oscar, tried to make it seem like his movie was an original when it wasn't. But anyway, um, we'll get into that afterward. Um, you know, obviously a pet peeve of mine, white people taking credit for uh, something that originated in Asia. But um uh, like tea uh, or noodles. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get into the movie review. Um, so let's start with uh, Veronica. Does in- Infernal Affairs bring honor to us all or does it bring shame upon our ancestors? No, I. this is a good movie. I, I actually saw The Departed mm. first and then I heard about the comparison and watched Infernal Affairs after. Um, it was... Again, this is not a Sunday afternoon movie, so I don't recommend <laughs> watching it on a Sunday afternoon. But it was really good. It was super intense. Um, uh, you know what? I actually, I will say this, that I think when I first watched it, I don't think I knew what infernal meant. I was like, is that a typo? I'll just go with it. Uh, but it was, it was dark. But like, good dark. Is there such thing as good dark? Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so the, I'm gonna go with that. I say like it definitely represented. I enjoyed it. Again, there's like one woman, two women, and they both kind of cried. Like that's what women <laughs> do in these movies. What was there anything? Well. What was there anything like specifically when you say, you know, that it resonated with you, or why you thought it was dark and good? It like, was. Um, well, okay, so there's basically, or, okay, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm spoiling this, but here we go. So there's a mole, which you said in your synopsis, and there's the cop, uh, but they're, it's like they're both living sort of the same life, just on opposite so- sides. They're yin and yang. It's very deep. Um, and actually, I always talk about uh, that, you know, Vong, you talk about it too, you know bad people, quote unquote bad people, but... <laughs> If they're your friends, you know certain qualities about them that are, you know, worthwhile having as a friend. So, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting that we were looking at a cop who's supposed to be the good guy and a criminal who's supposed to be the bad guy. But yet they were kind of the same person, just on the other side of the tracks. Was outsiders versus greasers. Oh, that's such a bad comparison. <laughs> Cut that out. Yeah, it, it was it was it was interesting for sure. I read an interview with the director who said that, you know, like worldwide some people were were upset at um the depiction of the triads because, you know, some people thought it was too friendly a depiction, some people thought that, you know, uh you know, Almost every movie in Hollywood that depicts Chinese um, people <laughs> throws in like the the triad somewhere in there. And what what the director said was interesting. He said that from a Hong Kong perspective, at that point in time, uh, the triad was more integrated into society and integrated into their Hong Kong cinema, um, like you know like into into the cinema world as far as like funding movies and different things like that. So he mm-hmm. said for them. You know, 
like people who make movies you you would have friends who are triad and probably some friends who are cops as well so that's probably where that perspective came from it wasn't trying to be stereotypical um and yeah and if a lot of hollywood movies use triads it's a little bit different than someone from hong kong using triads it's, it's not a trope if it's your life right like uh <laughs> and that's sort of what he was saying he's like well this is the situation in hong kong so uh i don't know what you guys are trying to say i'm using a film trope because this is like real life so uh let's head on over to leonard and what did you i, I i'd love to hear your thoughts on on the writing and the structure because it's it's definitely famous for that um yeah it's very well done it's set up extremely well um like right off the bat, you, you they set everything up. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know exactly what the major conflict is going to be, and you, and yeah, they they did it really well. Like all the suspense, like the, um, and and they uh, are we doing spoilers already? Yeah, yes? full spoilers, no? full spoilers. Cool. So yeah, so the like the ending of this one different from the Departed, which I'm sure mm. Vong's going to rail about later. <laughs> so and the ending of this is way better. Oh yeah, and I actually saw The Departed first. I didn't see this. I knew this was based on. I knew The Departed was based on this, and I actually hadn't gotten around to seeing this yet because I'm a bad Asian. Mm. <laughs> uh. But you saw Spirited Away. So. I saw Spirited Away. Yeah. So I learned to play uh, the theme from Spirited Away on the piano. Oh, I'm trying to make up for uh, not seeing Infernal Affairs. I'm trying to be like, okay, you know what? I'll play Asian music on the piano. Wait, so wait, wait. So, so you watch this for the first time for this review? Correct. Oh, oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, wow. There you yeah. go. It was one of those things where, like, I've always been meaning to to watch this. I just never got around to it. Mm. And now that it's warm, I can set up my movie theater outside, and I can sit on the couch outside and yeah. watch movies. It's such and a good movie. Yeah, it's a very, very good movie. So, yeah, so it's well-written. It's well-acted. I mean, Tony Leung and Andy Lau are legendary mm. actors. So, like, on top of... I mean, it was one of those movies that's like, this is going to do well, right? Like, yeah. It's like, got such star power. But, like, yeah, like, the characterization was done really well. They had... Uh, yeah, like, in the ways, like, it did, it differed from The Departed. Because The Departed, I think they rolled both female characters into one. Mm -hmm. And she was just worse in all ways. <laughs> Yeah, I think they, they did that to create a love triangle that did not need to be there. Oh. Yeah, it was silly. And then, but I, yeah, like thematically, this was like really good. Um, I mean, they, it was a little bit heavy handed with the whole, like the dude's fiance, I guess, being like, yeah. I don't know, my hero yeah. is good or bad. <laughs> it was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So she's right. So just for the audience, she's writing a, a, a novel and I guess... Uh, the protagonist of her novel, I guess, mirrors, like, mm -hmm. her fiancé, who is the gangster, who is, um, like, the criminal who is the undercover, who's uh, infiltrated the police. Yeah. And so... She was writing Infernal Affairs for Dummies, is what she was writing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically. It was, like, the same as, like, when we were watching Monster Hunter, and they were like, you have to, like, hit it in the mouth or something stupid. <laughs> like, when the fire's about to come, and then they say it, like, three times, and it's like, yeah, okay, we know what the movie's about, Infernal Affairs. We get it. We get it. It's about the dichotomy between good and evil. Yes. We get it. And it's, but it's complicated, right? Because it's like, not everybody's good, not everybody's evil, like, and at the end of the day, like, the guy actually chose to be good, in a way yeah. yeah maybe sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean he chose not like i yeah. mean we don't know what's I, I haven't seen the sequels uh he so what i'm told is actually they, ha they had a i don't know if you guys knew this they had a um uh a, a, an alternate ending 
Mm. Did oh, I didn't know that. That played. It was an alternate ending that played in uh, China. Yeah, China. And uh, Malaysia. And oh. in that ending, uh, they expose Andy Lau as the triad spy. And then they, he, he gets arrested when the police arrive. Oh. But apparently, none of that connects with the sequel. So it's like, so I guess if you see, oh. if you see the wrong version, you're going to be like really confused. You're like, what? Yeah. The, the, the sequel's interesting. So there, there's two sequels. Everybody says, do not watch part three. So I have not watched part three. But part two. It's, after- like, it's like The Godfather. <laughs> Godfather, one, two, three. One, two. Great. Three. Ooh, don't. Well, stay away. Part two's interesting because um, I won't give away too much because we might uh, review it on a future episode. But uh, part two is interesting because it doesn't have, you know, uh, it doesn't have the leads from this movie. It actually goes back to when they were younger. And so in this movie where they have flashbacks at the beginning where they have the younger actors, the sequel's actually starring those younger actors from the first movie. So they never do like a flash forward. They just they just stay in, in the past, um, which is an interesting place to, to go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this movie, I loved it. Classic, one of the best movies of all time. It just really mm-hmm. shows what could be achieved in Hong Kong cinema. And just, you know, like story-wise, all the threads just came together. All the characters were believable. I believe everybody's motivation, everything made sense to me from beginning to end, whether they were evil or good or whatever. Like, I don't care if somebody's evil or good. That's just... Are, is what they're doing making sense? Um, it's usually my, my kind of thing on, on character arc. And and secondly, do I care about what they're doing? And I did. Yeah. I cared about everything. Mm-hmm. I even cared about, uh, you know, the uh, not just the two leads, but their bosses as well. You know, even yeah, the... Yeah, uh, they're so good. Yeah, that, that triad guy. I was like, you know what? Sure, he's evil, but he's 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 got his family to protect and stuff too. So I don't agree with him, but like I get his character, um, and I did feel kind of bad when when he got shot in the face. Um, and, <laughs> Just kinda. Uh, and you know, obviously the uh, the uh, the um, yeah yeah the police superintendent. You know that was really sad too. Um, and then you know, obviously with with the ending as well. And yeah, I do think there's a lot of there's a lot of like Buddhist overtones and undertones. Uh, you know, obviously, it's, it's not even an undertone. If, if you make that the title of your movie, um, obviously, you you want people to understand that's where you're going. And I, mm-hmm. I, I do think if people don't understand the concept of like continuous hell and how his, you know, it, it's sort of funny with the ending of The Departed and the ending in China and Malaysia. It kind of kills the whole theme because the whole point was him living was actually a worse fate than dying it's mm-hmm. that that was like the whole point it's his continual hell which is like the whole title of the movie so then if you kill him it's kind of like why that actually doesn't make any sense um so what you know what we're gonna do now is we're gonna flip over to the departed because i have some feelings so <laughs> okay so yeah, scorsese is the worst Oh my god. So He doesn't know how to make a movie. He's terrible. What has he done? What has he done? That's oh been Lord. Good. Okay. First of all, Hollywood clearly did not want to give credit to this movie being an adaptation instead of being an original. If you win the friggin' Oscar and it's a base like they basically took Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't even much of a remake. Is a remake uh, 
they pretty pretty much you know like there's some remakes that like really really redo everything the departed did not all they did was add 50 minutes of like weird filler fluff love triangle a new character and mark Wahlberg just to make the thing dumber um so (laughs) but but it's not like yeah just just another yet another affront to asians oh my god (laughs) it's just you know the the thing is i just wish they had at least thanked like the hong kong movie like you freaking want an oscar off a movie Mm -hmm. that you you know, I can't say ripped off because obviously it was a remake, but you kind of hid the fact that it was a remake. I didn't, mm-hmm. I really had to look into it. Actually, the funny thing is, so the way I came about this movie was I actually did see The Departed first because oh. it was one of the first movies I saw with my, with my boyfriend. And he said it was Ooh. one of his favorite movies of all time. Ooh. And I was like, okay, let's watch this. And I was watching it and it was going pretty well. And then the ending was so out of place that yeah. I literally, I, I had never heard of Infernal Affairs up to this point. And the ending made so little sense that I was like, you know, and I turned to my boyfriend and I said this, so we can confirm it. I was like, I think this is based on something else. And they chickened out and gave us a different ending. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, I was like, listen, listen. Every single story thread goes toward a certain conclusion. Yeah. And I understand writing and storytelling enough to know how this is supposed to end. And if they wanted to have this ending, they would have had to like alter some more stuff, at least give yeah. a few threads. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it actually makes no sense that they yeah. went there. So I was like, and this is, I don't do this a lot. This is maybe like twice in my life have I ever got up after a movie and said, this is based on something else. Because I was just like, there's no way. I was like, there is no way this is the real version of this movie. I literally said, I was like, there is no way that, you know. And if it was another filmmaker that didn't have the power of a Martin Scorsese, I would have said, oh, it, it was probably, um, you know, um, studio interference. You know, North America, they want the quote-unquote happy ending. They don't want the bad guy to get away with it. And they would have forced on attacked ending. But because it was Martin Scorsese, I was like, no, 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 no. Ain't nobody forcing this bitch to do nothing. So I was like, <laughs> he ripped off somebody else's movie and made it worse. I literally, without even knowing Infernal Affairs existed, I, I could tell because... If you know story writing, like it, you cannot have every thread lead one way and then just mm-hmm. change one thing. You can't. Like you have to, yeah. you have to yeah. unravel the thread and like redo the quilt. And this bitch didn't even do that. <laughs> I was it's like, like no. if all the Avengers yeah. movies ended in Thanos, <laughs> like just yeah, be, yeah. just getting shot in the head. Yeah, <laughs> I was, it was by, by it like was a like random. A... It was like not a misdirection. It was just like, huh? Am I yeah, still like in the pull. same movie? What happened? Did the reel skip? Like, what's going on? It was yeah. a. It, they pulled the rug. They pulled the rug. Yeah. yeah. On, the, all the, on the thematic uh, setup. Yeah, all the themes, everything. It just didn't make. And honestly, I was so fired up, and I didn't even know this was an Asian movie. Then when I found out it was an Asian movie that he did this to, I was like, "Oh hell no, bitch! This is not like literally." It was almost the end. It was almost the end of my relationship. I was like, "How could you support this movie? It is destroying Asian cinema." And then when and then I'm like googling. I'm looking at like, "Oh shit, this won the Oscar." Then I'm like, "Oh." 
they had 10 chances because they won 10 fucking awards or some shit. They had 10 acceptance yeah. speeches to mention the Hong Kong film. None of these bitches did. They just said, oh, wow, what a great job I did. Thanks thanks to my mom. Thanks to God. Thanks to my sister. Thanks to the producer. No, <laughs> thank Andrew Lau, bitch. That's who you need to thank. <laughs> like, there's a very clear person you need to thank. Um, so I literally, I got so worked up. It was literally almost the end of this relationship. Like, because it was one of his favorite movies. I got so fired up. I'm sitting there, you know, we were, you know, I've, I've got a projector in my room. So we are like, we're in bed. We're watching this. I'm like, I'm like Googling it. He's like, why are you so upset? I was like, because the more I find out about this movie, the more upset I'm getting. This is like a travesty. This is the worst thing. I was like, oh my God. I, I was like, I can't believe they did this. And then I was, and then I made him sit through Infernal Affairs the whole time telling him, see, see, this is what it was supposed to be. <laughs> Look, no matter what Scorsese or any really amazing film marketer does, there's always an Asian who will do it better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, I was I, I was so fired up that I almost cut this person out of my life because he wow. he didn't understand my reaction. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, even without knowing it was an Asian movie, I was like just that upset as like wow. a storyteller. Yeah. I was like, well, there, there's <laughs> some. I was like, there's something wrong. This bitch ripped somebody else off, and then. And then when I watched Infernal Affairs, I didn't even have to look up whether it had a different ending. I knew it already. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I know this. Bit. There's no way. And then he was. So we're watching, and he's like, no, no, maybe it's still in the original. And then when we got, and it wasn't, I was like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no, no. I can't no. believe you almost left your boyfriend over this. I yeah. did. I did. Bitch, I'm the departed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. The funny thing is, and actually, it's actually my current boyfriend. It's, it's, it's the one oh. I've been with for five years. So, like, it almost ended. It, I, it was one of our first dates. And even now, he has, quote-unquote, a different recollection. And he oh. now he says that, like, it was never one of his favorite movies. He just thought it was oh. like, oh, it just came up on Netflix. I was like, no. You said this was your favorite movie of all time. And we almost broke up over it. Um, so, so no. He's it like, again? no, no, no. My favorite movie is my sassy girl starring oh my gosh, yeah. starring Elisha Cuthbert. Have you seen this masterpiece? Oh, Lord. I, I, I think it's an that. original. It's that's, not based on yeah, anything. Yeah, that's uh, definitely just an original. Western original. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, any final thoughts on uh, on Infernal Affairs or, um, or The Departed, I guess? I just like that they left it complicated. Like there's not many movies where you see that they leave it complicated. And although I know movies are a form of entertainment and escape and whatnot, I like, I'm sometimes bothered by these really fake happy endings. Um, You take that any way you want. Um, But um, this is, is it stays messy. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, I I do wish it's kind of interesting because, you know, the direction that the sequels took as far as like being a prequel and then being terrible and then ending um, with no films after that. It's kind of sad because to me, this kind of would have been the perfect origin story, like probably the best origin story ever that I would have loved to see. 
you know, if he became like a super amazing cop or whatever and made real changes or just become shady and evil or whatever, I don't know what, but this was a very compelling character with where they left him. Um, But, you know, obviously, like Veronica said, maybe it's good they left it open-ended too because now we can like imagine the rest. But no, I I actually would have liked to see them carry this character on um, as well. Um, Final thoughts, Leonard, before we uh, take our break? Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> okay great just a, just great a good movie <laughs> yeah definitely definitely see it oh oops okay that was <laughs> oh uh, okay, so I'm 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 having some technical difficulties. It always happens when I change my setup. I had to rearrange my room because I I got a I got a new treadmill which is ten inches longer than the last one, so I had to uh, redo all the furniture. Um, but anyway, I keep uh, hitting the wrong buttons. This is actually the third recording of this podcast um, for those listening. But uh, that was a premature push. Um, but uh, right before we Long go to break, swears uh, that never happens to him. <laughs> Um, so uh after the break after a very short break we are going to discuss our topic of the week which this week is when lies become the truth and of course the topic is taken straight out of the movie so come back and hear us discuss when lies become the truth Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What up? What up? Listeners, welcome back to segment number two, where we discuss a topic plucked straight out of the movie's themes. This movie of uh, this uh, this week's movie, of course, was Infernal Affairs. And our associated topic is when lies become the truth. Now, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world about lies and truth. And, uh, you know, on this show, we do generally try to avoid uh, Donald Trump because he's obnoxious. But he is one of the purveyors of if you say a lie enough times, it becomes the truth or it becomes more important than the truth. I think there's also a lot with vaccines um, going on around as well too. Conspiracy theories. It just sometimes when you say a lie enough, people start to believe it and you forget 
what the truth even is and wonder does the truth still matter um so that's that's you know that, that that's a lot that i'm throwing out there but let's go to go to our panel um you can either take it in that direction or uh personalize it um have you ever been an undercover cop that uh, <laughs> ended up uh living living choosing the lie over the truth um let's start with uh let's start with leonard no, I've I've never lied in my life. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I I pretended for a long time that I was an engineer. That mm. was uh, <laughs> I kept telling myself this is what I'm doing. No, um, I don't know, man. Like, I I, I think it's just easier. Um, uh, it's just, it's easier to keep track of the truth, I guess. But yeah, you're right. If you can just tell the same lie enough, then you just start to believe it. It's like the whole Trump thing, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. When lies become the truth. The entire Republican Party right now. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. It's just they live in a reality distortion bubble because like the, the truth does not uh, fit their agenda. So they have to tell lies. And then they, if they keep repeating it, it becomes true for people. It's, it's pretty impressive, actually. I can't. I mean, it's evil, but I was like, they've done a good job brainwashing a good portion of this. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be used. You know, may, maybe I'll give a, a happy example, too, or a somewhat happy example, depending on who you are. But um, this was also known as um, as a, as a re- reality distortion field, very famously um, was attached to, to, uh, to uh, Steve Jobs of Apple. He was also mm. somebody who... Uh, who would repeat something um, to make it reality. Um, and sometimes that would, you know, sometimes that can bring along innovations that people don't think can happen, um, except for you just believe in the lie so much and you convince people that they're able to do it. And then, lo and behold, um, they actually are able to do it, even though uh, they shouldn't be able to. So it can be used for both good and bad. Um yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I listen. I love my iPhone. I don't love like anti-vaxxers. So I don't know. Do, do they cancel <laughs> each other out? Um, I'm not really sure. I'll you know I'll give probably like um, a more personal example. So for me, I have a terrible short-term memory, um, like terrible, like clinically bad, almost like. Like, I'll put it this way. I cried during Finding Dory because I finally felt represented on screen. Like, <laughs> like this is not even a joke. Like, you can ask me a boyfriend. Like, I actually cried because I was like, they're actually showing a, this disability. And it's funny because it's not my long-term memory. Once a memory gets encoded into my long-term memory, I'm actually quite good at remembering those things. So if it's like a traumatic experience or whatever, I I actually um, really remember that. But my short-term memory is so horrendously awful. I think it's because, you know, like for most of my life, I've had like very low oxygen levels in in my blood. So I think my brain is like um, compensating by turning off some functions. But anyway, um, so because of that, I think that's why I became a comedian and a storyteller because I actually can't remember the truth most of the time. So most of the times I have to like reconstruct the truth based on the narrative that makes the most sense, if that makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah. like, with my life, like, sometimes I don't totally know what really happened and what didn't because I just have to remember the pieces and then, like, reconstruct. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's why, like, that's why I I tell stories. That's why I'm a comedian. That's why it's a very odd way of living. Um, And so because of that, your life becomes more heightened because your stories are always more heightened than real life. Um, And so you just, I don't know, honestly, half the time, I don't even know whether to trust myself on what is like the truth and, and what's not um and so you know that's why i tell people like you know don't bother fact checking me because like i don't know like and oh, I, wow. like i'm literally not trying to lie i just like this is just how i had to remember things in my life was to <laughs> retell it in a story format and most of the time i'd actually say it's probably my best skill on stage as well because when you're a storyteller um, probably the toughest thing to do is to retell a story like you've never told it before. But most of the time, I am retelling it like I've never told it before mm-hmm. because I don't remember it and I'm actually remembering it as I'm telling it. Um, so there's like an excitement that you give the first time you tell something that I feel like I give even the hundredth time. Um, like here's an example of this. Like I owned, you know, because. I'm from the ghetto and we, we grew up for, and I, I only owned like one Archie comic, but you know, back then they had like those super thick ones yeah. and honestly, the double digest. yeah, 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 yeah. Double yeah, yeah. digest. And so, and so every few years, um, whenever we went on road trips, I would reread it and I literally did not know what was going to happen next. I was just like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. And my sister, I was like, yo, you read that. I was like, I know, I know. And I can remember that I liked reading it and I can remember that these are important stories to me, but I don't, I literally like the cliffhangers. I don't even know what's going to happen next. Like I still get equally excited every time. So there is there, it is bad in a way because my whole life, I just don't even know what's real and what's not sometimes, which sounds like a weird way of living, but also like, you get to relive moments and memories because they were like, I'll see photos of myself. And I was like, Oh, when, like, when did this happen? And then people tell me like a story around the photo and I'm like, Oh, that happened. And they're like, yeah, I was there with you. So I get to, I almost get to like relive my life over and over um, in, in a weird way. So this whole truth lies thing, I don't know. It's weird. I don't, you know, like, you know, I think that this is one of those things where I'm like, gonna, I'm going to get famous, hopefully. And then somebody will be like, oh, on a podcast one day, you said this or you said this, but we tracked down the facts and this was wrong. So I'm using every like, listen, and especially that's why I use the stage name of Vong show instead of Vong, because it is a heightened version of my life. I don't actually know if everything I'm saying is real or not real. But to me, it's real. Whoa. That's all that matters, though. Like, yeah. when it comes if, to you, it's real. And also, like, never let the truth get, away, get in the way of, like, entertainment. <laughs> That's that right. too. Exactly. That like, too. honestly, though, like, if you're telling a story, like, especially if you're telling a yeah. story on stage, if you're writing a story, yeah, like, yeah. people who are like, yeah, but this actually happened, and they, like, insist on something being in a script, I'm like, yeah, but it's boring as fuck. <laughs> like, I don't care if it happened. Like, it, I don't, nobody cares. Let's just make something up. Like, yeah. you know, what, what matters is truth with a capital T, not like <laughs> the truth. Nobody cares about the truth. We want it's, truth, like bigger yes. truths. Like that's why people go to see movies. That's why people go like see good comedy. It's like you hear truths 
Yes. It's like, and it doesn't have to be like attached to facts (laughs) that are verifiable. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So, you know, you, you, you basically, uh, given a good, a good description of how, of how I've lived, of how I've lived my life. So, yeah. So to lazy to me, I honestly don't even know what stories are real or not real anymore. Or yeah, I, I will say this to me, to me, they're real. And maybe, maybe I say that wrong. I know the stories are real, but I don't know what details are filled in because I couldn't remember versus what are like the actual stone cold details, um, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I sort of live my life and remember my life through like broad strokes um, because that's, you know, like, you know, I I made a joke out of like the Finding Dory thing, but I literally did cry because I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, because nobody believed me. I was like, I was like, I can leave a room, like, I'll be, oh my god, like, I, literally something could have happened seven seconds ago, and like, I, I don't even know that it just happened, um, and like, nobody ever believes you unless you're old and have dementia, so it's sort of like, it's just so frustrating, so then to see that honestly represented on film, and Finding Dory is all about like, overcoming wow. disabilities, I was like, I literally cried in Finding Dory. Um, wow. So that's 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 my life. Um, okay, let's yeah, go over just to keep swimming, Vong. Just keep swimming. <laughs> uh, let's go over to uh, Veronica. And uh, what well, what are your, what are your thoughts on uh, when lies become the truth? I mean, like, I I think I I feel like I've led a double life sometimes, not as extreme as. Um, infernal affairs but you know monday to friday i hung with all the the rich kids well actually i didn't hang with them i wanted to they didn't want me to hang with them Mm. um and then on the weekends like like during the week i was like i said i lived like in a one bedroom with three adults and then Mm. on the weekend i was kind of like middle class i'd go to the art gallery and the museum and so it was like this weird I was code switching all the time. Like I could, <laughs> I literally am a, a chameleon. I just, I have friends that have called me when I've worked in corporate spaces and not knowing it's them, I'll start, I'll answer a certain way. And they're like, who in the fuck are you? <laughs> Hold on. Let me get myself for you. Um, and, and like those lies are my life. <laughs> that's, mm. how, that's how you survive. Especially if you're, you're, not white you're just like you're basically constantly lying (laughs) but but it's not lying it's code switching it's code switching yeah it's not the same yeah it's not it's not it's not lying if it's survival exactly exactly (laughs) and so i i mean you do what you gotta do but you gotta do yeah there have been i try not to lie i'm sure as everyone else but you know sometimes Sometimes you need a, a mental health day and you just got to, you know, mm. tell a couple of lies to get that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just tell your bosses you have explosive diarrhea and nobody yeah. ever questions yeah. it. Yeah. Oh this my. is your baby. <laughs> actually, actually, uh, um, 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 speaking of uh, having to tell things to bosses, um, here's a good example of uh, of an excuse I had to give to a boss, and this was a real excuse, and it actually happens to me a lot. Was um, I had to call my boss once and was like, I I I can't come to work because I can't find my pants. Uh, 
And you know what's funny? Nobody has ever challenged me on it because it's just so ridiculous because a lot of my life, like I was from the ghetto for my first few jobs, I only had one or two pairs of pants and I'm so forgetful. I would literally, I like, I don't know where my pants are. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Usually, usually the boss is so confused that like, I think most people believe you at that point because they're like, why? Like, there's a lot of other things you could have said. This is like very specific (laughs) and not very flattering. So I'm, yeah um but yeah it's uh it's an interesting way way to live i don't yeah i i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah no for sure but um also like with infernal affairs when when you have to live in that lie for so long oh you know what actually i guess they probably should mention you know being being gay i guess i had to live in a lie for for a a while this is one thing yeah yeah just you know, one of the biggest parts of my identity that I've for I reasons. I guess that. Yeah, well, I, I, it's funny because when I'm doing like when I turn on like my Asian ghetto side, I don't really think of my gay side. And yes, I I I I put the ghetto with the Asian side. I don't know why, but uh, I don't associate that as much with my gay side. So it, it is sort of I guess I, I have to do the the quote unquote uh, code, code switching there as well. Um, but but yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess that was kind of like living undercover, um, was during <laughs> yeah. my first, during my first relationship, I was like ready to come out in high school, but he was worried that people would know he was gay if I came out because we're always together. And, you know, I, I, I probably told this story before on the podcast, but like he was like the gayest thing ever. Everybody knew he was gay since grade seven. <laughs> so this whole worry of his was just ridiculous. But anyway, so I had to live like this double life, um, and that was interesting not so much for me because like i didn't i didn't like believe the lie obviously because i was waiting to tell the truth but when i when i did come out nobody believed me they believed the lie i was so good at the lie that nobody believed the truth that i was gay like it was oh. it was this really weird <laughs> coming out thing because like how are people like yeah. You come out as like, hey, I'm gay. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's no. not a prank. Like, oh, it would, that would be like the weirdest. Prank. Like, how yeah. are they? How are they denying? Like, how are yeah. they arguing? With oh you my on god, this? it was honestly when people are in denial, Leonard, they're in denial. Like, I so I came out in the most public way. I came, I came out in the newspaper for goodness' sake. What? Like you, yeah, because I, I worked at I worked at the Free Press. They're doing this whole thing of like you know love stories or whatever, and I didn't want people. I knew as soon as I came out, everybody would tell each other. But I was like, I don't want people to to say, oh, did you know Vong's gay? I want them to be like, hey, have you read Vong's story? Because then mm-hmm. it almost be like me coming out to each person individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a love story about like my first relationship and whatever. But. Like, it was so twisted that, I, like, I had friends from university being like, oh, hey, we, we read your article about how you're, like, in love with a man. And they're like, they're like, that was a really unique, like, you know, twist from, like, the feminist perspective that you were trying to give. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, no, no. I was no. like, it was, it, it was literal. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't doing, like, a, a think piece on <laughs> feminism. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, people really twisted. And the thing is because, like, I grew up and I was, like, always really good at sports. I was always, like, you know, pretty popular at, at school and stuff. And so they just didn't really think that 
for whatever reason, I kind of felt like I wasn't, I thought I wasn't doing a good job hiding it because I wanted to come out and I was just holding back for somebody else. So I felt like I was passively aggressively like dropping hints like the whole time. <laughs> Like, like even my, my, one of my sisters found like, you know, cause this is before the internet. Um, so like, well, not, not exactly, but basically be, like before widespread internet was when I was like, you know, in puberty and whatever, um, coming of age. And so, you know, like I had this little book of like, you know, magazine cutouts of like shirtless men and like my sister found it and, uh, you know, I mean, who doesn't though? Who doesn't have a <laughs> scrapbook i know that's actually what surprised me more in that story is that you were scrapbooking like, images yeah. of the... uh, I, you know what Mitt I, romney is binders full of women <laughs> Vaughn, just oh, scrapbook full of men good old Mitt romney yeah but and then my sister found it and she still she was like oh what kind of uh school project is this for is this, like it was oh. just so i was just like how how are people <laughs> Not like it was so. So for me, I guess it's weird. Maybe it shows people preferred the lie. I don't know. I feel like my friends and family are pretty supportive, but clearly, like they're you know, there's there's a lots of ways to interpret the information. Specifically, mm-hmm. an article. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, I, I I feel like. Uh, I don't know. That's just a little personal story um, from from my history. But um, we are we are at we are closing in on our time limit. So I, I do want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank my co-hosts Ronica Antipolo and Leonard Chan. We will be back next week reviewing the original animated version of Ghost in the Shell because somebody would have to uh, force feed me to watch the uh, the Hollywood remake um, at this point. Um, So uh, come back, watch Ghost in the Shell uh, so that you know what, so that you know um, what on earth we're talking about when, when you come back uh, next week, I'm your host Vong show official spokesperson for gay, super cute agents. And that's what's up. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.